This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. As both a cattle and hog producer, now retired, I have expended a lot of effort over a few decades battling the concentration of these livestock industries. When I started farming in the early 1970s, most farmers in our region, like myself, got started farming in the hog production business. I had a number of high school classmates that returned home to farm, and we all raised hogs. We made money back then. We owned our pigs, whether farrowed or purchased as feeder pigs. I bought my first tractor in 1973, an IHC 1066, paying cash for the profits of a sale of 400 head of hogs. No one could imagine buying a tractor with the profits of 4,000 head of hogs today. We would call local buying stations for competitive bids, and packers did compete for our hogs. If one wanted to produce hogs, there was no issue with finding a market for them. A hog producer did not have to ask permission from a packer in order to get shackle space for his hogs. Most hogs were sold through negotiated sales, some through stockyards. As this system was done away with as production was concentrated, the profitability of producing hogs atrophied. Certainly, technology allowed larger operations, which increased the financial risk of market volatility, until 1998 came along, and for the first time, production exceeded kill capacity. Hogs sold as cheap as $8 a hundred, while packers sold pork for the equivalent of $40 hogs. That disconnect in the value of hogs and pork caused producers to seek the safety of new market arrangements with packers that would guarantee them shackle space in a market. There was no guarantee of profit, however, as packers asserted leverage and negotiated sales became managed by packers. The hog buying stations closed and competitive bidding became a thing of the past. Hog producers sought safety in contracts and a few with the means and scale integrated into the packing industry themselves to gain assured access to the packing plant for their hogs. There is no hog market per se today, just an amalgamation of contracts up and down a scale based on formulas and product markets that are also influenced by packers. If that were not enough, if the benchmark price was too good for producers, packers could arbitrarily adjust what they paid producers through the basis. That way, many producers get nowhere near what they quote the hog prices being. Lean hog futures do not reflect net prices received by these producers, so are ineffective for many producers as a hedging tool. Large-scale hog producers get sweetheart contracts as packers integrate through these contracts. They do not need to own the hogs if they control the hogs. The traditional independent hog producers become SOL with zero leverage through negotiated sales or through contracts. Many, no longer able to bear the risk of owning hogs, became landlords, investing in hog facilities that are leased out to integrated producers or large contract producers tied to a packer. Most farmers with hog buildings do not own the hogs in them today. Real estate investments in hog facilities was a means by which, over the past couple of decades, many young farmers got started. Manure was valuable for crop production. Contract production worked financially initially until the cost of the buildings relative to the income from leased pig units added years to the payoff. If the industry does have to downsize production, there will be plenty of hog facilities available today for integrators to lease. I've long advocated for independent livestock producers because I was one. We fought the concept of packers owning hogs. I predicted that if allowed to own hogs, that packers would eventually own all the hogs or control those that they don't. The industry would be purged of independent hog producers. 
Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley has been at this for a long time. In efforts to ban packer ownership of livestock never got off the ground legislatively. It was challenged in the courts to the Packers and Stockyards Acts, which proved toothless as well. We lost the industry. Today, either through direct ownership or integrated partners, the Packers control production. There are few traditional independent hog producers left, and they are again being culled by the current COVID-19 crisis. If the industry must be downsized by 15%, you know which producers will make up that 15%. Another slice of producers will again be forced to reposition structurally in the industry if they want to remain. This is what a captured industry looks like. The MPPC played a role in the subjugation of the hog industry. Packers circulated control of once was a producer organization into the National Pork Packers Association. There is no real hog producer organization left any longer. Ironically, many independent producers fought to be subjugated by Packers, thinking that they would be gingerbread men who would get taken across the river by the fox. The last of them are being eaten. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. 